This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Aaron Pym, and I'm the producer of the theatrical variety show, The Bedpost Sex Show. Here at the podcast, I like to invite guests and performers from the stage show and beyond to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, I have a super special guest Skyping in from BC. It's editor-at-large for Psych and Sex, Brittany Burr. Hello there. Hello, Britt. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Um, do you want to, uh, for these poor, poor people who are living under rocks and haven't heard of Psych and Sex, do you want to uh, for, just introduce what, what it's all about? Oh, do I ever. So, Psych <laughs> Imagine you were just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Psych and Sex is a blog slash publication that came out of Manhattan, founded by a lovely lady named Sasha and her partner, Anthony. And she had began with a personal blog and was growing increasingly frustrated with the lack of information and education out there about sexuality and romance and things that were actually science-based rather than just like fluff that was super clickable but had zero substance. And so... She decided to launch this publication. Her background is in social sciences. And so she launched it. She started as a personal blog and got a bunch of contributors together. And then I showed up and the rest is history. And yeah, we've just been writing a ton, trying to get a little more offline, if possible, making connections with people that are just generally sex positive and businesses that are sex positive such as Knox which is a sex toy company out of Montreal and Kenneth Play who is a sex hacker in Brooklyn who is at Hacienda Villa and that sort of thing yeah we're just kind of trying to get all the information out there possible learning ourselves and that sort of thing. What types of things do you write on on the blog or do you and the other contributors write on typically? My big area is love and relationships as well as sex and Sasha really lives in the domain of psychology and the sciences she is an absolute she's so good at research it's insane and she's so good at parsing out crazy statistics and different scientific facts that mean absolutely nothing to me she can actually (laughs) pull content out of it which is she's a superstar and so we've got that and then We have some individuals who write about their personal experiences with mental health and struggles such as that, but then we also just have a number of research topics. We do a lot of interviews because we're pretty big on not telling stories that aren't ours to tell. For instance, I was writing about, during Fashion Week, I was writing about the plus-size industry and the mentality behind it and the struggles that plus-size women have, and it just simply isn't my story, so I gathered as many 
testimonials and things like that as possible and made it kind of like a community piece. And that's kind of what we're trying to go for is just get as many voices involved as possible. Yeah, I realized when I was looking around the website, um, one of the articles that really piqued my interest was one on asexuality. And Mm -hmm. I clicked on that and, yeah, went along and saw exactly what you're describing, which is like a bunch of people who, uh, who experience this in their lives talking about it rather than like, you know, one writer who isn't asexual, you know, necessarily trying to give us like all the, all the information about it. It's actually having like those people who identify in that spectrum actually speak on their real life experiences, which I could really appreciate. Totally. And I mean, a a lot of the things that I'm realizing I'm getting increasingly pissed off that I didn't already know and I'm like god damn I'm a grown-ass woman and I didn't know that and like I know what that word is but I hardly knew what it meant and yeah the fact that I'm in this industry and I don't know this stuff it's like this the lack of information out there is just such a bummer for lack of a better word oh totally so it's it's like that yeah yeah I agree with you it's like that on a lot of different topics like I I've done this podcast now for over a hundred episodes talking to people about sex and sexuality and there's still moments where I'm just like oh what is that term you used oh that's what that means oh god like I'm still getting schooled which I mean you know like it's there every day is a school day (laughs) yes totally and I mean there's stuff that I'm saying every day that I'm now realizing I don't know what the hell that means until like recently (laughs) and I'm just I feel like things like second sex is maybe you're not going to always walk away from an article with answers but at least you're going to walk away with questions and hopefully that propels you to do some research and just I'm recently just trying to really commit to being a lifelong learner and stop thinking that I know everything about everything and it's been a pretty helpful exercise yeah and that actually brings me to the first thing I wanted to talk about with you um a pretty recent article I feel like that you have written it's about sex positivity Mm-hmm. Um, and it is basically, uh, what's the title here? Okay. So it says what it means to be sex positive, the true and false of sex positivity. So yeah. uh, uh, like speaking about what we were just saying, it's like sex positivity. It's not like that means you know everything. <laughs> totally. And it also doesn't mean anything necessarily about you as an individual or a sexual being yeah for that matter and I feel like because there's so many uh taboos and stigmas surrounding sexuality as a whole the word is still like a a trigger word for a lot of people and so even just saying sexuality um people feel like either like excited or like they feel like weird about it and so therefore they like make all these assumptions out of like the fear of the unknown and just misinformation and so me having come into this industry where I'm consistently talking about sex and learning about sex and getting more and more comfortable just like kind of embodying it as as a sex positive individual I'm having so many people always being like wow you must be wild in bed or like what is your sex life like or how many people have you slept with and I'm just like it me being sex positive doesn't even necessitate that I enjoy sex. Maybe I'm asexual. Like, no, there's just no assumptions to be drawn from celebrating sex and knowing that it's it's healthy and should be celebrated. And so that's also 
probably way too much information, but I was recently on Tinder, yep. and my byline said that I'm editor at Psych and Sex, and I think the fact that the word sex was just in there fired all these gentlemen up so much that they were just so excited to ask me all these things, and like everyone's just dropping these crazy lines, and I'm sure that's not unlike anyone else's experience on Tinder, yeah. but like people, people just assume because I can and like to discuss sex that I'm okay with advances and questions and that sort of thing, and so that's what propelled me to write about what sex positivity is not Yes. As well, what it is. Yeah. So, what? So that said, are there more things that it is not that we didn't just speak about? Um. Well, there's certainly that it's not the assumption that the individual enjoys sex. It's not the assumption that an individual is going to be inappropriate all the time. I like. I'm certainly not going to go talk about my sex life to your Christian grandmother because I am sex positive. You know, and like Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. It's not that someone enjoys BDSM or any sort of non, like, vanilla sex. Like, maybe they're the most vanilla person in the world, but, like, to talk about sex, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not that they'll objectify others. Mm -hmm. And it's certainly not that they're on a high horse and projecting that you need to believe the same as them. And I think that's something I was actually super afraid of when I was starting to interview people that were very empowered and very sex positive I was kind of picturing like the Russell Brand from Forgetting Sarah Marshall character that was like just so out there with his sexuality and like having crazy tantric sex and even when I interviewed Kenneth Clay for the first time I was really nervous that he was gonna like make me feel like such a lame-o by just being like (laughs) like make me feel like a weird vanilla prude yeah, And he was just, like, so the opposite and just so made me want to think. And I think that's what it's all about. And there's radics in every sense that kind of scare people away from different schools of thought. And it's such a bummer when someone in- encounters that sort of individual for their first experience with a group or a mindset. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's honestly been such a positive. And, like, people like you as well, like, just people who are open to talk and celebrate without being pushy or judgmental yeah or preachy yeah exactly and I mean like that's my first experience with feminism was such a good one that I want to project that sort of thing in terms of sex positivity as well like the individual I was speaking to I I mean like I'm from a very white red Albertan town and so of course when she said the word feminism when I was like in high school I was like "Eh, no not for me and she was like totally I absolutely understand why you would think that. And she said the same, there's radics in every regard. And I can absolutely see why someone would maybe paint it negatively for you. But like, here's what I think. And here's what it means to me. And she just walked away. And I was so shook. Like, it was just so good. And so positive Mm -hmm. that I was like, damn, I wish someone said that to me so long ago. Yeah. So uh, inversely, conversely, what, what is sex positivity? Sex positivity. Um, I hope I don't butcher this in a couple sentences here, but (laughs) is basically just the shared notion that sex positivity, I mean that sex rather is positive and should be celebrated and is healthy and anything, any form of sex is positive as long as it's consensual. So it doesn't have, sex positivity doesn't have a gender or an orientation or a race or 
anything of the sort. It's there's space for anyone who wants to embody it. It's just the notion that there shouldn't be stigma and negativity surrounding sex and individuals first experience with sex when they're young shouldn't be their parents saying, no, you talk to them about it. No, you talk to them about it and straying away from it and putting negative connotations on the word and the act and everything like straight from the get go. Mm -hmm. I always want to describe it as like a a force to combat sex negativity, but I know that doesn't describe it because you can't Mm -hmm. describe something with the opposite, but it's just, it's just, we live in such a sex negative world that it was born of sheer necessity because people are developing I can't speak for everyone, but people are developing pretty strange relationships with sexuality and intimacy on account of all the hush-hush taboo that we grow up with. And, Mm -hmm. like, our sexuality is a pretty big facet of ourselves, so it's pretty bonkers for us to, A, not know much about it, and B, be afraid of it, and C, be ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. Because what do you think, what do you think, like some benefits are of being sex positive and making it kind of more like you're saying like a way of life like in you know bringing it into your everyday I think that um it has a lot to do with self-exploration because it's it's such a large part of ourself and our society and Mm -hmm. our relationships sexual or otherwise that to to not seek to understand it the way we do the rest of ourselves is just such a shame. And so I think that, at least for me, adopting sex positivity has allowed me to have so much more open conversation with myself and with others, mm-hmm. even when it's not in regards to sex, but just because you're opening another door. It's like you're learning an entire new language and vocabulary that didn't exist before, and it just it opens all these avenues for self-understanding that are just so necessary. And I mean, we all kind of look at sexuality as a partner activity or like a group activity rather than something that we own in and of ourselves, same with intimacy. And so Mm -hmm. it's just kind of absurd that we think that one day we'll go and with a partner, we will have sex and intimacy and all this stuff will be born from that act when it doesn't already exist within us and when we don't already know it within ourselves too. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's just like a lot of self-work that we have to kind of, we need to unlearn and then relearn that side of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're not just talking about masturbation. <laughs> no, I mean, we totally are and aren't. At the yeah. Same time. yeah. 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 Psyche, I mean, psyche masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Very provocative title. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I feel like sex positivity is something I would encourage for someone who isn't interested in sex even just also for community. Like it's just to first like understand that sex is a positive thing and seek to understand it further. That opens a lot more avenues for inclusion and acceptance in like the wider community and the wider sphere of sexuality and love and relationships and just humanity. Are there some, like, where would you even start? Do you have some tips on people that are like, okay, I want to, you know, either just have a better connection with my own body, with my own sexuality. I want to get to the place 
eventually of, you know, sex positivity. Are there some tips or resources or things you can recommend for people just kind of starting out on their journey? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, research. And so I've kind of stumbled upon sex positivity by accident because I started writing for Psych and Sex. Obviously, I was already pretty apt to this sort of school of thought, um, which is why I was it was so easy for me to just fully dive in. But through Second Sex, I've realized that sources like our publication are ideal because we don't talk about things like they are shameful, mm-hmm. you know. And I've like we're talking to our sex toy partner Knox about literal butt plugs, and it's just we're just saying all these words be like they're just things. They're not weird. We're not like laughing about it. And even if we were, who cares? But I mean, like it's just mm-hmm. really surrounding yourself with people that you can say anything to and it doesn't shock them mm-hmm. and people that you feel comfortable with and then going to places like Psych and Sex and reading not only reading our content but looking at the content that we're linking out and the places that our research is coming from we also share a number of articles from other locations and what I would also suggest mm-hmm. is join a bunch of Facebook groups mm-hmm. I belong to a number of forums um like women's only as well as just like general sex ed and like uh second sex we have a private facebook group where we can discuss whatever people can ask questions we share our articles and that sort of thing because it kind of takes the not necessarily like the face away from the name but it you kind of just feel a little more comfortable um being able to say whatever you want and also you can read as much as you want mm-hmm. in the privacy of your own home but when you have questions you need a place to ask and so that's a good way to start. And also we have a ask us anything on psych and sex. So if you're ever reading anything and you have questions and you want to learn more, just send us a message and we will like send you as much research as we can. We love answering questions. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like a second step might be to, cause you're kind of talking about you're, you find it just as important or, you know, even as a second step, maybe more important to make actual physical, physical, like, person-in-person connections with people like I feel like just dropping into like your local sex shop and chatting with the employees you know might be a good a good place to start as well because they're gonna I agree and I also think things like what listening to podcasts like yours and like reading your literature like reading erotica is super empowering especially if you're just like unapologetic about it and just I don't know I feel like some sort of switch flipped in me one day where I just really stopped giving a shit and started really like owning the things I was doing and it's like I feel like the female relationship to porn is pretty weird and um, women often either pretend they don't watch it or or don't watch it, or don't want to talk about it, and but men can talk about it freely, and so yeah, or just, or watch it and feel weird about watching it because they don't feel it's supporting or empowering women. Well, exactly, and also um, there's a lot of anti-porn feminists, more first-wave feminists, that kind of shamed the entirety of it rather than trying to gear individuals in a direction of more inclusive, like feminist porn yeah and so I feel like there's a lot of shame associated with it too whereas it's not one huge category that's all innately sexist I mean women are sexual 
agents, not just sexual objects, as Lynn Camilla was telling me. Mm-hmm. And so we can't always assume that they're being used or abused in every sense because mm-hmm. we do have voices as well. And I know that some porn is negative and whatever. But regardless, I think just like owning your decisions to watch or not watch porn and, and discuss it and um, ask questions. Like I just started always like being in circles and other people I feel comfortable with and being like, okay, so this is something I've been thinking a lot about, about sex or sexuality and like, what do you guys think? And not necessarily being like, hey, so have you tried anal or whatever? And like making people feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but just kind of talking about what, what's going on with me, what I'm thinking about, things I'm learning. And also just, yeah, make yourself informed. Uh, And then people will want to ask you questions and you can ask people questions and just kind of commit to always learning. Yeah, and I like I like how you're saying as a very first step, you know, read literature, um, you know, listen to podcasts, kind of, kind of get the vocabulary and like surround yourself with the sex positive conversation, like with the conversation, the very general idea of sex positivity, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that it's a good thing for you and it should be celebrated and it's healthy and fun and nice and pleasurable and all those things to like yeah. just kind of immerse yourself like through osmosis in that th- those words and those that sex positive tone when you're speaking about sex like and then and then you can go and use that you know to inform your questions to ask people or your conversations you know to start with other people whether it's at a sex shop or you know in a chat group on Facebook or like emailing you know you guys at psych and sex or something like that which I love. Exactly, and I think the the first, like, very first step, pretty much what you were just saying, just comes from, like, committing to looking through that lens. Yes, of, yes. Of it not being taboo and just, and just really try to grow comfortable with yourself as a learner and, like, as an explorer and just think to yourself, okay, this, this isn't bad and then it, it just won't be, you know? Like, I feel like, my first introduction when people started talking about vibrators and sex toys was like so giggly and like, no, you don't have one. Do you? Oh my God. And it's just like, if you were just like, I do. And would you like to learn more about it? And so it's like, you're learning, you're teaching. And it's just like a really positive cycle. I'm wondering like, because when you said that, I'm like a lot of the culture around vibrators is like, Oh, I don't need that. You know, if I use, if I use that, then that means like there's something wrong with me that I can't do it myself or my partner can't do it for me or whatever. It's like, I'm I'm trying to think of like how, you know, how do people know that they need to change their lens, that they need to look through it in a different lens? Like, I guess, I guess if you're thinking about, I I don't know, like, like what are the warning signs? You know what I mean? Like the warning signs for people that that, that may they need a change. Yeah, that they might need a change because I feel like if you're kind of if you have a sex negative mindset, you may not how easy or hard is it for them to want to have a sex positive outset and how do they even know or it's the thing is is that it's so so impossible because it's a choice you really really have to make on your own. Yeah. And the only thing that people who already are of a sex-positive mindset can do is make it known that there are options. Yes. Like, I'm never going to walk up to anyone ever and say, you think this way and you need to think differently. 
unless of course they're being like hurtful to someone but I mean if if someone is of a sex negative mindset it's they're it's likely only having negative effects on themselves and maybe the way that they think and so they need to make a conscious choice to flip over into sex positivity if they want and the only way that I can help them do that is by basically being the way that I am loud and proud and just letting them know what exactly that means and that there are options because there's no point in in arguing with someone who's like full negative the people that Kenneth Clay was actually saying to me the way that he goes about it and he lives in a like the most sex positive way is that he tries to reach the people that are right on the edge like the people that are interested but don't know how to get involved like those are the people you need to talk to yes. not the people who are hard nosed like yeah, eventually yeah. they'll get there but just yeah you need to talk to the ones that are like kind of dancing around the outskirts yeah yeah and I guess I mean I guess that's why we you and I do what we do like just in hopes that you know it's touching like it, it's becoming a little more mainstream so that most people do have the option and do know it's there. Yeah, and I don't think that um, people that are not sex positive are by any means closed-minded mm-hmm. or are, are maybe not even interested in sex positivity. I think that they just probably don't quite know either that it exists or what it's all about. And when I think of any time that I've had one of those conscious or even unconscious adjustments into maybe like more feminist or more existentialist like schools of thought... Um, it's been specifically because I just found out that that's a thing and I was just, Mm -hmm. and I've just been given like a whole new vocabulary to understand like myself and my interactions in the world around me. And I think that without that, we, we just kind of can't like, you know, when you're thinking back and you don't like, I think about what were my thoughts about feminism growing up and I'm like, Oh, I didn't have any because I didn't even know that word and Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that was or like, why didn't I know about sex positivity or think about it sooner because I didn't know what that, that, that word existed. So it's like, you just have to put it out there as much as you can, of course, without being preachy. And so that people will stumble upon it and will have that vocabulary. And then it just becomes, you know, when you hear a word and then all of a sudden it's everywhere, it's Mm. like that sort of feeling. Yeah. 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 And just that it's there for people that are like, yeah, if they're interested that they can then figure it out and find out more about it for themselves. Totally. And like the last thing we want to do is be like sales pitching someone on, on how we think or just really like spamming someone. It's just, it's just showing them that there's an option. And like, I mean, I hate sales. I used to have to do sales calls and I would be so stoked when there was an answering machine. I'd be like, Oh, you don't want it. Okay. Goodbye. Like, sorry for bothering you. Like I'm perpetually in fear of being a nuisance to people. So I feel like just like by me writing something and like linking it in my Instagram it's like, click it if you want. Like, this is what I think. You, you, it's here. Ask me questions. I'm like, I'm just being the way that I am and you don't have to, but you can if you want and I can help you get there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it might be important to say like, you know, people, people's experiences and relationships with sex vary so widely. Like people experience trauma, people like tons of people have kind of negative um, environmental, uh, th- you know, thing like learned behaviors, you know, like nature versus Absolutely. nurture. There are a lot of things that can put people in a negative mindset about not a mind sex. A negative mind sex. Um, 
I need to retitle my article immediately. I'm pumping out with a bunch of gems over here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway, we should take a break, actually, Brett. Um, So we've got like, we've got a nice little commercial for a uh, sex shop that's here in Toronto called Come As You Are. Um, It's a fantastic uh, little spot. And I will uh, promote them and love them until the day I die. So uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back with Brittany Burr. This episode has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Enter coupon code BEDPOST when you check out at comeasyouare.com to receive a 15% discount. And don't forget that shipping on orders over $50 is free in Canada. That's B-E-D-P-O-S-T when you visit comeasyouare.com. Hey everyone, it's Dick. And Max. The hosts of Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. A podcast for those in the lifestyle and those who are curious about it. Each week we sit down with a different guest to discuss their radioactive spider bite into kink. And it gives everybody a chance to express themselves in matters of sexuality. And a platform in which to express it. It's conversational, it's educational, and it's a lot of fun. More and more people have been reaching out to us telling us what they've learned about themselves just from us sharing our stories with each other every week. So find Off the Cuffs on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service and follow us on twitter and instagram at ocp kink hello everyone welcome back to the bedpost podcast i'm here with editor at large for psych and sex brit burr hello hello you're skyping in (laughs) from bc we uh we spoke very briefly that uh you grew up in alberta in canmore or close by Mm -hmm. i I spent some time in Canmore doing <laughs> doing this Canadiana show, and you knew the place and have worked at that place. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's how Alberta works. Because that's Alberta. We both worked at the same place. We might have at the same time. Who knows? The both, like, super niche Canadian dinner show place. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. I, let's be honest. In the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> like, now every American in the world thinks that every Canadian knows each other. <laughs> and we do. I mean, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Personally. <laughs> I mean. Okay. Um, oh, you have uh, some exciting news about. Um, yes. It, it is erotica related, which I'm. Let's talk about erotica. I love erotica. Oh, you do. Please. Oh, you do? I didn't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> tell me. Yeah, so. yeah, tell me about your big news. What's going on? So, myself and Sasha, who is the founder of Psych and Sex, are working on launching a new company called Ardent Erotica, A-R-D-E-N-T, and it's something that I am indescribably stoked about because <laughs> I've been, like jumping out of the shower and like out of bed to write things that I'm just getting so fired up about every single day and now I actually like have a reason and I'm not just being weirdo and writing notes on my phone that will never come to fruition and so (laughs) we are bringing erotica 
into the written form as you do and we're doing it through social media and so we're starting right now with short form on Instagram and they're kind of just little poetic suggestive erotic stories and they're getting leaked slowly and so give us a follow on Ardent Erotica on Instagram and Facebook and then our next step is that if you subscribe to our Facebook Messenger we're going to deliver erotica directly to you through message and so you don't have to haul around a book that has a Hercules looking man on the front and <laughs> you do not have to go into a store you just subscribe and we're going to hit you with some erotica and you can read it and unsubscribe if you're not into it or continue subscribing and check it out as it comes and the reason why ours is a little different is that we're trying to make it 100% inclusive and so some of our stories won't even be using pronouns and so it'll be a little mysterious in terms of what the gender and sexuality of the characters are not all of them of course because it is a little hard to write an entire narrative without bringing that in there it makes it a little bit like unrelatable at times but I mean we're going to try and keep it inclusive to the best of our ability non-bias and we're 100% open to suggestions so if anyone ever reads and feels like they're not being properly represented we want them to hit us with a suggestion and we will write something for them to make sure that they're included and so we just kind of are starting this like transcendent erotica experience that can kind of be whatever you make it. And we're really stoked about it. And we're trying to just, I don't know, my dream one day would be to like publish basically porn, but just like written on a white piece of paper and like black letters and no body, no imagery, no nothing. It's just all about like erotica and imagination. And it takes all of the exploitation and the potential, um, sexism and exclusion out of it and it's just like just about sex and sex positivity and exploration and self and that sort of thing oh man that sounds so good (laughs) yes I'm really stoked and it's it's gonna be a journey for sure it's like we're just starting but it's it's gonna be sweet and we're we're beyond excited about it when uh how did you get into writing erotica entirely by accident I uh (laughs) was just kind of writing poems and uh, then I started writing for Psych and Sex and I my poems started getting a little more heated I guess and then I was just showed it, showed it to Sasha one day being like sorry if this is super weird but check it out and she was like okay yeah we got to do this and so we did. That's so funny. I basically fell into erotic writing as well like my friend was doing this uh, he was publishing the zine where it was like a comedy zine and he was like you know it would be really funny if there was just like really legit erotica in in this zine in this comedy zine uh and it's almost like a joke on the reader that it doesn't that it's not a comedy piece like you know they (laughs) they'll read it and they're waiting for the joke or they're waiting for you know (laughs) waiting for yeah, like and it's like surprise this is actually really good yeah surprise it's actually like erotica <laughs> in this like <laughs> comedy publication so oh my god I, so I was like yeah yeah totally uh I'm I think that's hilarious um and I was writing just like other fiction works in which I usually like incorporated you know some eroticism for sure 
in just my, you know, everyday kind of fiction writing and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a try for sure. And, uh, and the first, um, story I wrote was like about like this oral fetish, like this mouth fetish thing. And, uh, we got the best response. Like one of our comedian friends that read the zine was like, gave us the exact response we were looking for. He was like, I just kept waiting it for waiting for it to be funny and I just was getting horny <laughs> oh my god and I'm like, that's that. so legit I don't know how you thought of that oh god and that that's totally and then I just realized that I really like writing those stories and to actually pursue it like you know under like erotica publications or not rather than this just weird comedy so, zine super weird niche of surprise erotica <laughs> not quite a market for it but hey yeah exactly um, <laughs> I know and I think also like I erotica in my mind was like the gross weird books that you find in the drugstore or like you're like on the ferry and <laughs> old ladies are gonna pick them up and carry them around and not realize that they're reading erotica <laughs> and I'm just like I I was just scared of like the word member in regards to penis and that sort of thing I'm just like God damn, I'm not interested in that industry. And then I just started writing, and I was like, this stuff's like kind of hot, and it's like pretty cool, and I, it's not making me want to cringe and die, which I thought it would, so that's cool as well. And so I was like, <laughs> okay, there's a market for this that is like a lot more here and now than the weird stuff that existed before, which I'm sure has merit too. I haven't dived into fully, but I mean, I've just, my experience, I don't know, I just feel like it's like, Fifty Shades of Grey kind of like blew everyone out of the water and reminded people that uh, it can be good. Yeah, and like it's a thing that isn't shameful. Like you can read that book on the bus. I like it's it's chill, but it needs to just exist more ubiquitously. And I kind of feel like there's just not yeah there's a there's a market for it and people want to read it and people want to talk about it. But yeah, it was a bestseller. Yeah. And totally. yeah, and it's kind of unfortunate that 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 was the book that the, that was the series of books that became mainstream because it's so like oh. anti-consent and it's so oh it's bad it's so manipulative and like oh it's bad but <laughs> it makes me so sad because it just oh. I'm watching or reading and it's just reminding me of like my young like. I'm going to change this guy yes. self and I'm just like, come on girl. And it just makes me so sad. Yeah. Yeah. On her perspective, exactly. That that's what's going on. And then on his perspective, it's like, like she's not good for him either. And he keeps trying to like, Oh, it's so bad. He just keeps trying to coerce her into, you know, his little idea of what he, of what he needs. And he's doing all kinds of like, anytime he needs to ask, he does actually ask for consent or permission. He's like laying on all these like manipulation tastic tactics at the same time. It's like most of the time he just doesn't even bother to ask or like to find out what she would find pleasurable or whatever. And anytime he does, it's like just like a barrage of like all these tactics to try to get her to say yes. And sometimes she doesn't even answer. Like a lot of times she doesn't even like, I don't think she ever signs that contract ever. <laughs> No. It's, it's terrible. Hey, like, dude, you're kind of <laughs> dancing on the line here. And there's but lots of times where she says, like, where she's, 
pretty much gives him a no. And then he shows up just like suddenly he's like in her bedroom at one point. It's like, ah, like this dude is. I know. He's like, you're having lunch with your mom in steps me. That seems appropriate. And it's just like, what? (sighs) Okay. Yeah. Like some man that asked me to sign a sex contract. I say no. He shows up at my lunch with my mom all right, this seems kosher. I'm just like, hmm, okay. Yeah, that, that's BDSM? That's fetish? Like, <laughs> f- like, fuck off. That's harassment. That's stalker. That's like, you know, like, ugh, yeah, that's creepy as fuck. The guy is just an absolute babe, and that's why everyone lets it happen, because it's like... Yeah, he's good looking, so... Yeah, like, imagine if he, his looks weren't described... Imagine if he wasn't absolutely loaded. You would be picking, you you would be picturing the most creepy man. Yeah, you would have this, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, anyways. It sounds like any Joe Blow that would be like sliding into your DMs and you would just be like, sure, man, this all sounds cool. It'd be like, no, lady, what are you doing? But for some reason, he's very rich and hot, so it's super chill. And he has like a sob story and it's like, this is the way I, this is why I am the way I am. And it's like, no, you're, you're, you make choices to be fucking creepy and like just to throw (laughs) consent out the window in the, in, you know, a dynamic that like in an environment that is so conscious about consent and like, ugh, and in, in the most important times and spaces where you need consent the most, he just throws it out the window. It's like so maddening. I know. I feel like Fifty Shades of Grey, though, really, really hit the market at the exact right time. Yeah. Where it was like there was no other options. So it was just like, here it is. People weren't really asking questions about it because it was so provocative Mm -hmm. in like pop culture. And so it's like it's one of those things where you kind of have to experience it. And then, like, step away for a while and then discuss it and, like, look into it because it's, like, okay, what the hell just happened? Like, it just, like, it's, like, shock value so people don't really dig deep and, like, into the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Yeah, Like, it's, like, you know when you, like, see a movie in theaters and you're, like, damn, that was really good. Yes. But then you walk away and you're, like, oh, maybe that was really bad, but it was just super loud and large, so I thought it was great. (laughs) Good point. Oh, my God. It was just on a big screen in front of me, and I was like, wow. <laughs> but yeah, other like, than I that, it was total like, crap. Yeah, I, I, it happens to me every time. I'm always walking out of the theater, and everyone's like, oh, so what'd you think? Or they're, like, literally laughing at it. And I'm like, oh, we didn't like it? Okay, cool. I thought I liked it the whole time. I don't, my bad. It was really bad. <laughs> I just like going to the movies. <laughs> I love the movies. Um, okay, so we've only got, like, a few minutes left. I don't know if we can, can we get into this, uh, witchery business? I don't know how quickly we can talk uh, about. Shoot. I can talk for ages. <laughs> um, I'll just say super quick. So, yeah. Uh, we're partnering with a, with Everyday Magic, um, for a giveaway, and we're giving away a book on, it's called What the Fuck is Tarot, and we're giving away a hoodie that says Magic Every Damn Day, and some crystals. And I've just recently gotten really stoked about the spiritual and I really want everyone else to too because it's just like basically the way that I've come to understand it is that it's a personalized spirituality. So I don't really care if you're like reading a fortune cookie and really identifying with it and like it's opening an avenue for self-exploration or if you're getting super stoked about astrology or tarot or anything of the sort. I'm just thinking that any any sort of substance or school of thought that propels you to think more about yourself and want to learn more about yourself is super positive and so 
I'm getting fired up about it, and so maybe just read our article about the modern witch, if you have a sec. Yeah, what it means to be a modern witch, right? That's it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, okay, tell us um, where we can find art and erotica, where we can indulge in psych and sex, all your stuff. Where can we okay. find it? Oh, psych and sex is psych, letter N, sex.com. Um, we share all of our stuff on social media, so follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter if you feel like it. And Ardent, um, all of our short form comes out on our Instagram, which is Ardent, A-R-D-E-N-T, Erotica, on Instagram, so you can read all of our little short form. And then go to our Facebook and just subscribe to the Messenger by just sending us a message, and that is where we will leak out our long form, which is coming in hot. It's going to be really soon, and so... Basically, that's all you got to do. Have you guys thought of starting a podcast? I would love to. You're good at this. Okay, I think about it every damn day. (laughs) I'm just, I'm a podcast junkie. Like, I need to listen to podcasts. And I am, like, constantly looking out for, like, good, particularly sex and sexuality podcasts. So I'm like, girl, you should start a podcast so I can just listen to it. You know how much I would love that? I, like, always... I'm just talking 100% of the time, and (laughs) recently I was like, you know what, I should get into radio, and so I, like, emailed a bunch of radio stations, and they were like, yeah, totally, like, you can come and hand out subway cards on the street for two weeks, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, not what I meant, but whatever, so that was my my radio career, I didn't do it. (laughs) Sounds great, I mean... Well, I mean, I mean, I'm so happy to have you on here today to give you your, uh, give you your, your due, your radio due. Yeah, I'm so fired up. I, I really, really would like to learn more if you'd ever be down to give me some info. Of course. And I would, uh, uh, I mean, I would love to have you back on the podcast. Let's think up some other topics to speak on. And I would love to have you, uh, be a regular on here. I would love that so much. Yay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. I mean, thank you so much for making the time for me today and for our listeners. Uh, everyone, this has been Editor-at-Large for Psych and Sex, Britt Burr. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everybody, I'm Erin Pym, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. Check back weekly, everyone, because we release a new episode every single Friday. And if you want to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, I would really appreciate it. Just it makes it easier for people to find the podcast, puts it higher on search priorities and whatnot. If you're in Toronto and want to see Bedpost Live, uh, the Variety Stage Show runs at the Social Capital Theater the third Friday every, every month at 8. Uh, but uh, we're going to come out with like a 2018 schedule very soon uh, in which some of the dates aren't exactly the third Friday. So, you know, just take a look at all our social media and we'll inform you of when all the shows are. For more information on everything Bedpost, visit us at our website, website, bedpost.ca. And if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, shoot me an email at thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com.